from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. That's Chris Lee, Dennis Cox here with you. Graham Hill producing us this afternoon on 99.9 The Fan. Let's get into our four of a kind. Because Chris Paul is going to be traded, North Carolina's own. Maybe Brett Pesci gets traded. Who Maybe knows? Brett Pesci gets traded. That Let's is a possibility. Not. We'll Let's dive into that here in just a little bit. But that's a rumor floating around. Apparently Buffalo, Edmonton are potential trade destinations for Brett Pesci. If you trade him to Buffalo, I want Alex Tuck. I want Alex Tuck in return. I'll dive more into that a little bit. But our four of a kind trades, Chris Lee. I'll go let you start. All right. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and let everybody know ahead of time. I'm a little bit of a nerd. So no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start off. I, I bet I can out nerd you, but go on. You, you probably could. But I'm going to start off with sports. My first two are sports trades. After that, I'm talking about financial trades. Okay. Okay. So, but my first, one of the best trades ever mm-hmm. is when the Carolina Panthers traded for Greg Olson. Oh. That was a steal. Like, Chicago, Ooh. what were you doing? But that was a great move. Thank you for doing whatever you were doing because it ended up being – one of the best trades ever for it actually it is the best trade ever for the Carolina Hurricane Carolina Panthers and I would say maybe the best trade ever in professional sports in the state of North Carolina I'll just go out there and say that uh I would disagree with you I'll say the trade for Rob Brindamore by the Carolina Hurricanes which is actually number one on my list mm. Chris Lee the trade for Rod Brindamore okay. you might you for got the me Carolina Hurricanes you got me on that one is number one on my list you got me on that one so yeah I I do because that I, one ended up with the championship and he's also the head coach of the and team he's the right head coach now and he's right the head coach now, of the yeah. team right now uh, give Greg Olson some time give him some time for what to maybe be the head coach whenever Tom Brady knocks him out of his position at Fox if he decides oh, to go to work. He's then Greg Olson might want to get into coaching. I don't Still see that. Charlotte. He's he's going to make a lot more money and a lot less stressful job being that's a, true. The That's number two broadcaster for Fox. Uh, so that is number one on my list of the trade for Rob Brindamore. The second one for me. This is where I'm going to nerd out, Chris. Trading cards, man. <laughs> Remember, like back in the day, like trading baseball cards, even just like just trading cards in general. I'll even throw comic books into this because I've traded comic books with people. I've gone to different conventions, and I'll, I'll trade and swap comic books and all that. Comic book, trading cards, all that kind of stuff. I love doing those things. Yeah, you definitely out-nerded me. Yeah, uh, I'm not my, even done yet. My second one um, involves the Chicago Bears once again. Oh, okay. Carolina Panthers trading DJ Moore to Chicago. Get the number now, one overall pick. Now, we haven't seen if that will work out long term. Sure. But if the Carolina Panthers did not do that, they would not have a top quarterback because we saw three quarterbacks went, what, in the top four, top five mm-hmm. of, of this year's draft. So, yeah, they would have had to settle for the scraps. And yeah. and Will Levis was the scraps this year because <laughs> he, he, you know, it took him to the, what, second round to get drafted. My uh, second, my third one, third excuse one. me. Um this is where I'm starting to nerd out a little bit with mm-hmm. other trades, financial trades. Back in 1992, a man by the name of George Soros, you may know him for other things, but George Soros made $1 billion in a day. For shorting, Wait, I'm sorry, what? A billion in one, a day? Equivalent of $1 billion in a day for shorting the British pound. So, 92, there was 
talk of a little bit of a recession, a little bit. Yeah. George Soros was like, bet, I'm going all in on it. And he shorted that thing down so much that he ended up having $1 billion. As a matter of fact, he almost sank a country in their financial system in a day because he got a billion. And now he's just up like multiple billions right now. So shout outs to George Soros. That was an amazing trade that you made that one particular day in 1992. Okay, so you're talking about financial stock trading. Yes. But Soros himself, okay, 1992, made a billion dollars in a day? A billion. Damn. (laughs) Next one for me. Trade paperbacks. Oh, I love my comic book stories, Chris. You know this very much. But I can collect a story in a trade paperback form. It's a lot easier to read, a lot easier to transport. I'll have to go back and go back and find single issues for all that stuff. A trade paperback. Okay. It's a way to go, Chris. I have one in my backpack I can share with you. It's about pro wrestling, actually. You'll very much enjoy it. Okay. It's called Do a Powerbomb. My final one. Twitter on trade deadline day. Twitter on trade deadline day, whether hey. it's the NBA, yeah. Major League Baseball, the NHL, NFL, even the NFL. Yeah. Twitter on trade deadline day. Either their team stinks and their front office doesn't know what they're doing, or they overpaid, or they got the biggest deal. Honestly, what is Twitter without sports? Oh, Greg, nothing. I, nothing. You could argue that sports is what makes Twitter go. It does. I mean, Twitter's all about reaction to, to different events reaction. that take place. It's all and what a are live people reaction. really passionate about? Sports, sports, and wrestling. Uh, and wrestling and movies. And and here's here's my final one. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to name a person who's a great trader, like I did in my last one, Mr. David Tepper. Oh, for as much as we like to talk sorry, about him uh, as an owner, he's still within his first five years. But how did he become so rich, being worth? 16 billion dollars well one of the things he did is back in the 2008 downturn took distressed bonds and uh he invested in that he also took some of those bank stocks that like absolutely start to plummet because he was just like oh i guess the united states government is probably going to step in on this they ended up stepping in on it they rebounded and uh he made a lot of money selling those things back off at a higher price that he bought for extremely cheap Shout-outs to David Tepper. Hey. Because that is that, those were some amazing trades as well, and that's one of the reasons why he's as rich as he is. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the section of the show that we like to call Hit It and Quit It. Let's do it. Hit my music, Graham. Because we got a lot of things to talk about. We do. But we don't want to spend too much time on it. But here's something we could spend a lot of time on, and we'll spend some time on it later on. Today is Juneteenth. Let's go. June 19, 2023. Shout-outs to Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little about this a little bit more before, but, uh, Dennis, I learned about Juneteenth when I was maybe 9 or 10, maybe 10 or 11 or something like that. Yeah. I actually lived in a neighborhood with the author of this book named Juneteenth Jamboree. Her name is Carol Boston Weatherford. Her children... We're my friends. Okay. And that was the first time I learned about what Juneteenth was. 
and it's now starting to become like this national thing now uh, that's starting to be really recognized. But back in 1865, Mm -hmm. when slavery was officially uh, done with after the Civil War, most people who were enslaved found out that they were free in April of 1865. Well, in Galveston, Texas, those enslaved people didn't find out until June 19th because it was hidden from them. Mm-hmm. And so that this is the day to celebrate the last uh, freed people in the United States of America who were enslaved uh, before that, you know, uh, uh, during the slave trade. So shout outs to Juneteenth. Lovely holiday. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. I hit it so good. North Carolina's own Chris Paul is going to be traded. It's in agreement right now that he's going to be traded to the Washington Wizards in a blockbuster trade. That will send Bradley Beal from Washington to Phoenix. But, Chris, another team might get involved. So, Washington probably isn't going to be the final landing place for Chris Paul. No, Chris would rather uh, be somewhere close uh, to his family. Like, he's from Winston-Salem, but his family lives in L.A. Okay, so say go to Charlotte, let's go to the Hornets, let's go. (laughs) Let's go. But it it would be great if he ended up in Charlotte. I I absolutely love that. I'm sure his family will move back to North Carolina for that because his wife is from Winston-Salem as well. See? Uh, But there's a possibility that if he is still on this roster – by June 27th, June 28th, he'll be owed his full $30 million. So maybe we see Chris Paul end up getting a buyout agreement mm-hmm. before then if he's not traded uh, before then. At some point, he's going to be moved from Washington Wizards to go somewhere. L.A. Lakers, L.A. Clippers could be two destinations. Uh, him and, and LeBron James, great friends. Uh, LeBron James is the godfather to his children. Um, he want They want to play with each other. Also... The L.A. Clippers loved having Chris Paul. You could almost argue that maybe Chris Paul is maybe the GOAT in L.A. Clippers history. Oh. Yeah, we can, that's, him, that's him a or, different conversation. Him or, him, him or Blake Griffin. But who would you choose? Chris Paul. So that's another conversation. But the L.A. Clippers could possibly want them back, and they have a team that they feel like could potentially win now if they're healthy. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But this trade has not been finalized, meaning another team could get involved if they want to keep Chris at his current price. Yeah, he's still owed. He's going to be owed just over 15 point, I think about $15.8 million anyway. Yeah. But again, a buyout, basically you pay him that guaranteed money, you let him walk, and then he'll be free to sign anywhere else that he wants to. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. Damn! Is Derek Whitehead's draft stock falling? Apparently. Some people seem to think so, but here's the thing. He was already looked at as maybe a fringe, maybe a fringe lottery pick, which means the first, uh, you know, 14 teams in, a, in the NBA draft who are picking, or a late first-round pick, which is seems to be probably what's going to happen. Now some people are wondering if he's going to drop to the second round. And one of the reasons why they're worried about that, of course, he's had three surgeries within a year. He's had two since the uh, offseason. Uh, so, or one, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. since the offseason. He, uh, he had two uh, before that. So, um, he's also uh, a different weight. He's gained two, uh, 20 pounds, excuse me, since his senior year 
of high school. He played at 200 pounds then, played at 220 at Duke, weighed in at 217 at the NBA Draft Combine. Well, here's the thing about about his weight. It's not like he was put on bad weight. Again, this is not like when we look this at is not some, Zion weight. Yeah, this is not when we looked at Zion Williamson, who had been injured. It's like, oh, we got to get this guy into shape. No, Dariq Whitehead's in shape, just might be a little bulky than where he probably needs to be at. So I'm not concerned about him being 217 pounds if he needs to be at 205 or 210. You can lean Same out here. those extra seven pounds because also as well as a franchise, isn't that your job? Absolutely. Like get the guy into the best playing shape or playing weight. It's not that hard to do. Pro athletes have done it. There's times where LeBron James weighed about 20 pounds more than he does right now because he bulked up. He realized, you know what? Playing at a lighter weight is better for me. And he did it. And he did it. And I have no problem. I have no doubts that Dariq Whitehead will be able to shed the weight that he needs to. Again, I am, I'm the not, dude's still jacked. I'm not worried about Dariq Whitehead whatsoever. Um, you know, he's had the, the foot issues and everything like that. However, if he gets time to heal, if he gets down to the playing weight that's more optimal for him, you could see the old Dariq Whitehead back, right? The slasher and all that, yeah. along with the shooter that emerged at Duke. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, boy, that's a crazy combination. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. You like that? You like that? Speaking of Duke, Mike Dunleavy Jr., former Duke basketball star, is now the general manager of the Golden State Warriors, Chris, and he has a big decision on his hands coming up because Draymond Green declining his $27.5 million player option. Looks like the decision has been made because just a little bit ago, uh, reports are coming out of uh, San Francisco that Golden State Warriors and Mike Dunleavy are saying that Jordan Poole will be with the team for the next four years. Okay. So that's why it's important to talk about this Draymond Green declining his $27 million punch year Jordan option. In the face. These two, of course, last year they got in a fight and, you know, Draymond Green got the better of it. He punched Jordan Poole in the yeah, face. Yeah, I would call it a fight more or less to call it Draymond punched Jordan yeah, Poole. Yeah, Draymond in the face. punched him in the face. Yeah. And, um, Obviously, you know, Steve Kerr said after the head coach of of the Golden State Warriors said that that moment definitely impacted him. Probably one of the reasons why they didn't win it all this past season. Um, Those two obviously did not get along. So you clearly had to make a decision. Plus, Jordan Poole was playing like poo-poo this past season. (laughs) He didn't play very well. Draymond Green played better in the second half of the season. Um, So... You kind of wondered, what is going to be the decision here? Do you keep Draymond Green, who's basically the engine that gets the Warriors going, that's led them to uh, some championships? Or do you go with the young guy in Jordan Poole, who's clearly disgruntled, somebody who didn't play very well this year, but he's younger and has a higher ceiling than what Draymond Green has? It looks like if Mike Dunleavy is correct in saying that they want Jordan Poole to stick around for at least four more years, that they've cho- chosen Jordan Poole over Draymond Green. And you may have seen the last of Draymond Green in a Warriors uniform. Draymond's most valuable to Golden State. I don't know what how much. I mean, he'll provide something to another team, but I don't know how much, he, in all honesty. He will he's be 33 years old. What is he, he, he's not going to get like a five-year contract from somebody. No, he will be valuable to somebody else. But here's the thing, as far as money as is concerned, Money, he was going to make the most money with with the Warriors. Yeah. I don't think anybody else is going to sign him for more than $27.5 million. And I would hope that he is okay with that going elsewhere. But he would be valuable to other teams. Mm -hmm. If Miami had Draymond Green, 
Do you think they would have won more than one game versus the Nuggets? I think so. Yeah. Because basically you're, you let Bam Adebayo uh, play in the paint because Bam was basically playing that Draymond Green role, that point forward type of role. You would give somebody – you have somebody who knows how to set up Jimmy Butler, somebody who knows how to set up Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent uh, and all that, and I think that would have helped them out. Maybe the Lakers could use a Draymond Green to free up LeBron James. Who knows? But he would be valuable somewhere else, just not $27.5 million valuable. Yeah, and also just his longevity in terms of playing with – Golden State, again, knowing the system, knowing your teammates and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know, again, what he's going to provide on the open market. Let's, Let's quit that. Let's hit this. Population. Um, Can we get the theme music? We'll get the theme music going. What? Theme music? For for Mr. Uh, Bobby Huggins. Um, Yeah, Bob Huggins. Bob Huggins. Uh, we can say now weekend. former West Virginia University men's basketball coach. Former West Virginia Head men's basketball coach. Uh, drinking and driving over the weekend. Yep. Um, pulled over for a DUI. Pulled over for that. He got a DUI, which is how he left Cincinnati in the first place. Yeah. Uh, when he was uh, coaching at Cincinnati. And um, also, this just hasn't been a good year for him in general. No. Remember he had that that slur? He said a homophobic slur on a Cincinnati radio station talking about Xavier. Uh, and he said it twice in the same interview on radio. So I'm not gonna obviously I'm not going to repeat said word. Yeah. But don't. he was suspended for <laughs> he was suspended for multiple games going into this upcoming basketball season because of that incident. And lost one million dollars. Yeah, he got his pay reduced by a million bucks uh for the season. And now that we have another DUI situation. So he resigned. I use air quotes resigned because my gut tells me that he was told, "Yeah, here's your resignation letter. Sign it." <laughs> right. Basically, like, we'll here's take care gonna... of you for a little bit. Here's your severance. Like, basically, yeah. My guess is probably like, here's your this year's salary, half million or something. My guess is probably this year's salary. Take it. Otherwise, we're gonna fire you with cause. Yeah. And then you're gonna get nothing. So, here's a pen. There's the line. Yeah. Sign it. Um. So I, I kind of wonder what he was playing. Uh, in his car So that's why we're playing This Beyonce song In the background um, He is 69 years old It's not having a good year Not been nice so far 69 is supposed to be uh, a, a good nice year, year. It's supposed, to be, a nice supposed year. to be a good year for you This is the worst 69 ever Let's quit that Let's hit this Bruh. Wake Forest yes. In the College World Series Virginia Already out Yeah Virginia Thanks for nothing Wake Forest plays LSU tonight. You can listen to that game right here on 99.9 The Fan. If they win that game, they just need to win one of their next two, and they're into the College World Series finals, into the championship series. But if they lose today to LSU, they have to to win win. three straight. That's crazy. I mean, right now, Stanford is playing Tennessee. They beat Stanford on Saturday 3-2. They score two runs in the bottom of the eighth inning. They're trailing 2-1. Score two in the bottom of the eighth, close things out in the top of the ninth to beat Stanford. That's why Stanford's playing Tennessee. The loser of Wake Forest LSU tonight plays the winner of Stanford Tennessee. So here's the thing for for Wake Forest. Of course, they have LSU tonight. The easiest path for you is just go ahead and win tonight. Obviously. And then you just win one more, and then you're in the College World Series. You're actually in the finals of the College World Series. Which is a three-game series. Which is a three-game series. And so – so essentially, you need to win four 
more games. That is possible for the number one team in the nation. Yeah. I think it's more than possible. Uh, and they have such a deep uh, pool of, of pitchers. They have hitters all over the squad. I mean, there's a reason why they're number one, and they can win anyway. They can win a close three to two game. They can also blow you out 22 to five. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. He's a machine! Uh, real quick, before we go down to Moorhead City and to captain of the Seawolf, Donnie White, is going to join us here in just a bit. Uh, before we get into the controversy that's down there, Brett Pesci, real quick, 30 seconds, Chris. Brett Pesci on the potential trading list for the Carolina Hurricanes? Looks like it. Basically, uh, according to Pierre Lebrun, maybe the Carolina Hurricanes, if they can't sign him to a long-term deal, this offseason has one year left on his deal um, that it's possible for them to trade him to get some value out of him. Yeah, um, that is I, I do not disagree with that uh, game plan. If that is the game plan. However, I do not want to lose Brett Pesci. Keep him. Figure out a way to keep him. I, keep him around. Figure out if you can. But again, both sides have to come to an agreement. We'll dive more into that here in just a little bit. Let's go down to Moorhead City. Joining us here in the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, Captain of the Seawolf, Donnie White, is joining us. Now, just to refresh everyone's memory, this past weekend, we saw Sensation catch a 619-plus-pound blue marlin. But it was disqualified due to mutilation to the fish before it was landed or boated. Okay? So that is... A rule, rule 23 in the rule book there for the Big Rock Tournament. So that fish was disqualified. Sushi takes home the the, the prize for the most weight on a fish at just over 485 pounds. But captain of the Sea Wolf, Donnie White, joining us. You had an interesting event take place earlier in the fishing tournament. The boat April May was struck by lightning. Your yeah. boat, Donnie, the Sea Wolf, stayed with april may until the coast guard was able to arrive in order to to rescue the boat take us to that time when you were there with april may what was the damage to the boat and was was the boat sinking what was actually happening out there the boat had got struck by lightning earlier in the day mm -hmm. and uh that was my lay day i took a lay day in other words i did not fish um seven o'clock in the afternoon i get a call from doc brewer who's the captain of the april may um, saying he was in harm's way, he was in trouble, he was taking on water. He got struck by lightning, and actually the sushi had been on standby beside him and had left to go weigh a dolphin for the daily. Mm. Anyways, long story short, I get to him. He's half sunk, boat's full of water. Mm. Wow, man. All the way till 3.30 in the morning before the Coast Guard got there. Oh, wow. I, had to give him a, I had to give him half of my batteries, wire, pumps, the whole nine yards get him going again and then we towed him until the coast guard got there i got back to the dock at 4:45. never cut the motors off people jumped on the boat we took back off wow. fishing. wow so last uh, thank you donnie donnie white joining us right here on the uh, heaster automotive group hotline i'm chris lee that's dennis jamel cox last week we talked to uh madison struck from uh the big rock tournament and i i asked her specifically since Seawolf was out there in the water to help somebody, does that count against them for a day in the water? And it sounded like it did. So you guys weren't going to be on the water that day at all, and you went out there to help somebody and they counted it against you? No, they did not. No, that, no. Oh, they didn't count it against you. Okay, good. No, sir. Okay, because I think the, 
Yeah, I think the question may have been along the lines of, does that count against April, May because they were struck by lightning? I think that was maybe the uh, maybe what Madison was talking about. So, again, let's take let's go into that night then. How far off the coast was April, May? And, again, so you didn't get back until about 4 or so in the morning. What was the – was there a bit of a scramble with the crew in order just to, again, prevent this boat from sinking? Yes, sir. Um, like I said, the boat got, got struck by lightning. Yep. And um, they lost all power. And then, he, then they blew up the transmission. So they, they were dead in the water, no power, no light, you know, cell service. They were on the other side of the shoals. In other words, they were 14 miles out and then 12 miles up on the other side of the shoals towards Ocracoke. Mm-hmm. They, were 20, they were 27 and a half miles from the dock to get to them. And um, they, they couldn't tell me where they were. They had no lights. But there definitely was a scramble. They had to get um, light sticks, like what you would use for sword fishing, and, um, like, wave the light sticks at me. And uh, <laughs> long story short, we found them by and by. They were bucketing water where they had no pumps because they had no electricity whatsoever from the lightning strike. And it was definitely a scramble. How many um, pe- how many people were on their boat that you guys had to help out? I'm, I'm not sure how many people were on the boat. I would say at least seven. Captain, two mates, and four anglers. Wow. But I'm really not sure. They were, it was frantic. Um, what, what got me was that the sushi had left them to try to win a daily with a dolphin. And it was um, – it was a big ordeal. If I wouldn't have got there, another 45 minutes, they all would have been in the water swimming. Well, luckily, it was definitely going down. Well, luckily, you got there when you did. Absolutely. Donnie White, captain of the Sea Wolf, that was in the Big Rock Fishing Tournament, joining us here on the Heat Strata Motor Group Hotline. All right, so Sushi wins the Big Rock with their Blue Marlin catch. I want to know your thoughts, your takes on Sensation and their Blue Marlin being disqualified due to mutilation. I think it it got bit because they fought it for six hours. Mm-hmm. I had hung one up the day before. It was 408 pounds. It took 35 minutes. I would attribute the shark bite to the amount of time the fish was in the water hmm. fighting. <clears throat> I um, We definitely have a shark problem nowadays. The shark fishery has been shut down for about 12 years now, but there's no commercial fishing for them. And it's just getting more and more every year. This is definitely going to be a problem in the future with the shark bites. Um, it is in the rules, and, you know, you got to go by the rule book. But karma didn't go the right way. The shark should have bit Charlie's. <laughs> uh, well, I just want to ask you this really quick. Do you think that go the ahead. rules should possibly be amended uh, because of you're saying there's more more sharks right now in the water than what there was before, and it took away somebody potentially winning uh, that much money uh, for the, that great event last week. It definitely needs to be amended until um, until they open shark, the shark fishery back up. Like maybe take a hundred pounds off the fish if it is bitten. Mm. I mean I don't know. There's a hmm. bunch of different ways you could go about it, but it depends on the percentage. It, it was the shark bitten the tail, but then he couldn't you know fight back. It's going to be a hard one. It's going to take a, um, a bunch of people. We're going to have to vote on that one. Who knows? I think by judging by the shark bite, what was on that fish, two years ago, there was a blue marlin brought in with way more damage than that, and he was allowed to win the tournament. Yeah, I know. Under, a- under the circumstances, I, I would have gave it to the sensation. 
Hey, that's fair. Hey, you know what? Everyone's got different thoughts and different viewpoints on this. But Donnie, uh, thanks to you not only for giving us your time, Absolutely. but I'm sure the Thank folks you. at the on the boat April May are thankful for you that you went out there and you were helped rescue that boat that was dead in the water, and uh, you went out there and and made sure that they got back. Uh, to land safely uh, before the Coast Guard was able to reach in. So thank you, Donnie, for, for doing that, something you didn't have to do, but you willingly did it anyway. Uh, so thank you for your time for joining us. Really do appreciate it. Yes, sir, I appreciate it. It's kind of like an unwritten law for us fishermen. You know, I would have want somebody to come help me. That's fair. You never, leave, you never leave a man behind, right? That's right. Absolutely. Donnie White, really do appreciate your time. Yes, sir, thank you very much. You know, it's like I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, uh, you know, being like stuck out there, right? I remember I got in my car accident uh, back in early April, and just being sat out the out there, and I had a bunch of people tell me like, "Do you need me to come get you? Do you need a ride?" You know, it's like it's a bunch of people just started to message me, and that's so, what I mean. That's it's kind of nice. Thankfully, I was in a much better situation than April May was. I wasn't yeah. taking on water out in the middle of the ocean, and no lights, no electrical equipment working, none of that kind of stuff. I mean, my my daughter was having her sixth birthday party. Yeah, uh, as I think I think after you texted that to me, yeah, when that was happening, and I even was like, after this is over, do you need me to come out to <laughs> to Wilson to come get you for yeah. that? And I mean, that's I can't imagine, um, you know, seeing you know a, a boat kind of getting struck by lightning and starting to to uh, to sink. Maybe that's something we should have asked him too. Was was the boat already starting to sink by well, the time they left? Well, he said it was ha- you know like halfway down. Well, when he got to water, when he got to him. to, but there, he yeah. said the the other boat uh, left. I guess forty five minutes after they were next to him. So like, did they think everything was okay? Uh, and then they decided to leave or what? But I mean, he said it's the unwritten rule that. If that happens to somebody, you should stay with them. So I don't know if they, they felt like everything, oh, everything's fine. Somebody, Coast Guard, come get you in no time, and yeah. we can just finish on our day. But still just kind of it's upsetting to know that if, if they didn't get there, if Donnie and his crew didn't get there on time, that potentially seven people would have been lost at, at in, in the ocean like that. Or just been, yeah, just sitting there floating in the water. And then the story is just different. Completely different. But thankfully they were able to get back uh, and all that. Because I've ever questioned uh, – the question was for the April for April May the boat out there that got struck by lightning was that counted against them for that day for fishing and yes it was since they did I guess put put hooks and all that stuff out so that was the thing but no that the sea wolf going out there that day didn't count against them uh, so thankfully for that for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Today is June 19th. That it is. 2023. Otherwise known as Juneteenth, it's now a federal holiday. It's something that's probably new for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. I know that it wasn't really introduced to me until I was maybe about um, maybe 10, 11 or so. Okay. Um, there's a, an author who lived in my neighborhood growing up in High Point, North Carolina. Her name is Carol Boston Weatherford, and she has a, a, a wonderful book, a children's book called Juneteenth Jamboree. It was uh, published maybe around when I was like 10 or so. Um, and I was, I was friends with her kids and I remember her, you know, 
having the book at our at our schools and all that type of stuff and having a, a copy when I was growing up and started to learn a little bit more about what the day is and what it means. So here's what it means. Um, there were most po- folks who were enslaved at the end of the Civil War mm-hmm. in uh, April something, 1865, were notified that they were free, like in North Carolina, and they just kind of walked off their plantations because they were, they were free. They were able to go out and try to find a better life. In Texas, Texas was like, nah, we ain't telling them until we have to. Yeah. I ain't, I ain't telling them that. We could get a little bit more extra free labor. And so that's what they did. And then finally, U.S. troops came to Galveston, Texas, let everybody know, like, hey, yeah, nah, this ain't, this ain't supposed to be going on. Y'all, y'all can leave. Um, and that was June 19th, 1865. So this is the celebration of that when the last uh, enslaved people uh, were finally uh, freed. So it's, a, it's literally like a liberation day. And it's something that, for me, feels good to celebrate. Um, and it feels good that now things are – this day is a little bit more in a national conversation, Dennis. I want to say, for me, I really didn't understand fully what Juneteenth meant. Like, I've heard of it. But again, it's not something that really for a lot of people didn't really come on the radar until really in the last like five years yeah, or so. So I would say for me, I'm I'm really in that same boat, saying I, not saying I hadn't heard of it, but now that it actually has become a federal I mean, holiday. I mean, if you hadn't heard of it, a lot of people hadn't. I mean, that's yeah, fine which if you is, hadn't. I mean, it's just yeah. not something I actually never really knew. I knew about the stuff in Texas and all that stuff, but to me, I think it's a – to me, it's a day where I can I – can, Sit back and actually reflect in terms of, for me, what I've been able to do with my life in terms of just not having any barriers, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I haven't had any. And I can sit there and I can look and say, there are other people who have had a diff- more difficult path than me. Yeah. And it's been a more difficult path for people, not just today, but for Clearly, centuries. You know, like <laughs> since clearly, this place like, has been like, a country. <laughs> seriously, centuries. And you and I were talking about yeah. for a lot of people that are descendants of slaves here in this country. They can't go back their family history, but it's really a certain point because there was no really true record keeping of things for the longest time. Names yeah. got changed and all that kind of stuff. For a lot of people, they don't know entirely where they're from. So um, outside of what their family has gone through here in the states. So you can look at. Um, there are people who look at uh, this day, Juneteenth, in different ways. Some mm-hmm. look at it as a celebration of what uh, a freedom for, for African Americans and what they've also contributed to American society since then. There's a lot that, that's been contributed. And there are some, like myself, who more so look at it as a way to, uh, to celebrate freedom, but also a way to link yourself back to your ancestors. Mm-hmm. And, and you're absolutely right. The furthest I can go back is a plantation in Caswell County, North Carolina, in the town of Leesburg, L-E-A. Yeah. Which is my last name, mm-hmm. which is named after uh, the Lee family who owned slaves there as well. Um, that is that is as far back as I can trace. But clearly I know where my ancestors come from, which is why right now for the radio audience you can't see it, but for the folks watching on WRL Sports Plus, I'm wearing a daishiki. Uh, I don't have a lot, like, a lot of actual connections to Africa, but I know based off of my Ancestry.com test, I'm mostly Nigerian. There's some Cameroonian. There's some um, mm. there's some Ghanaian in there. There's some Angolan in there, um, Cote d'Ivoire, different places, right? And which all makes sense. It's all the western part of Africa. Um, 
And so along with that there, you know, I don't have my original name. I don't know what that is. I don't know what tribes my, my family comes from. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's tough to know what to reach back to and what to try to connect with because we're talking about a huge continent with so many different types of people. Yeah. You don't know what to go back there and try to touch and try to reconnect with. So you just kind of, in general, embrace the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is what I like to do. Now, you know, other people have different ways they like to uh, celebrate, but it's kind of the way I like to think about things. And so I even went back as far as to, to look at certain names from certain tribes and just in my head, and I would never say it publicly, like, I wonder if this is my name. And I have that name kind of in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. If that would be like a potential name, if I were, if my family were able to keep their original African names through uh, enslavement. So, uh, but it's, it's, that's one of the things I do. I've listened to a lot of Afrobeats music. Um, you know, music is a connector. Uh, yeah. Music is something that brings people together. And so, uh, you know, trying to learn a few Igbo um, <laughs> words and stuff while I'm doing that uh, because, you know, it's not all the way in English, but um, that's how I like to celebrate. But one of the other things I brought up, though, Dennis, is the contributions to American society. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't realize there's a lot of contributions that have been made outside of, like, peanut butter and, and stoplights <laughs> that African-Americans have, yeah. have, you know, contributed to this country and even down to the way that we talk. You know, there's a lot of uh, additions to the English language or sayings that we have that simply come from inner city or hip hop culture. Yeah, it's all over the place. Bling bling. I mean, and, and during a break, you just randomly said, "Yay, yay!" yay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. Yeah, because it means Dennis has been around me way too long. <laughs> He's starting to pick up these things. It's true. <laughs> and I'm starting to pick up some of these things. I did turn a break. You're like, what? <laughs> just randomly. And it was like, I, okay. Yeah, it's Juneteenth. It just, I guess it just, you can. It just happened out there. <laughs> I, guess, I guess so. It just, uh, it's a thing. Um, I just hope today doesn't just become a, a day where it's just like, oh, I get the day off. Like for a lot of people. You know, like a lot of federal holidays, you know, whether it's like a President's Day or something along those yeah. lines. Like, ah, banks are closed. Oh, well. I, I, hope, I hope it doesn't become that for a lot of people. Here's what I hope this day becomes. I mm-hmm. hope people can, and I hope even the people who are listening to us right now, I know that there's somebody who's uncomfortable with this conversation. Yeah. And there's no reason to have discomfort. We all know that none of us were around when all this stuff was happening. Oh, yeah. We all know that. But the thing that we can all do right now is to realize that people are people and nobody's body needs to be politicized, mm-hmm. whether you're black whether you're a woman, whether you're gay, whether you're trans, or whatever it is, whatever uh, people who are, are part of marginalized communities, nobody needs to be politicized. So if somebody brings up being proud of who they are because of this day, Juneteenth, mm-hmm. don't say, oh, I can't listen to 99 fan, they're being too political. We're not talking about Democrats or Republicans right now. Nope. We're not talking about any political, anything political. If you're thinking that way, it's because these bodies have been politicized. Oh, we yeah. didn't ask for it. We just want to be people, right? And and so that's something to really think about when you're when you're saying that. Oh, I don't want to listen to that because it's too political. So like the other day, uh, we me and Dennis watched pro wrestling, but after AEW Collision goes off, CM Punk and FTR North Carolina natives go into the ring holding a sign that a, that a fan had. Uh, support the LGBTQ uh, kids or something like that. Yeah. Right. And then there's people on Twitter that's like, 
oh, I, I don't know if I can watch this. They're being too political. When did people in the LGBTQ community want to be politicized? <laughs> it's they, they All they want to do is live their life. That's it. Without persecution and love who they love. Yeah, that's it. And you know what the interesting thing is when, when seeing people say that? I don't know if I can watch this because they're doing like, there are people in the LGBTQ plus community that are wrestlers on the show. That, that are you're wrestlers watching. on the show. You are watching. Them. So, <laughs> yeah, no beef with it then. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. And that and kind of and here's the thing: like, it, it it will be amazing if we get to a world where everybody is comfortable being who they are, yeah. and everybody is comfortable celebrating um, where they come from, and it's not used in any divisive way. It's not used as that, like, I'm better than you or anything like that. It's used as in, you know what? I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of my people. I'm proud of the strides that we've made. I'm proud of – I am proud of the Lee name because of the, the, the men and the women that I come from. My grandfather, Earl Lee, the first black person in my family to ever own land in our family in Caswell County. My dad did his thing, raised me very well. I'm doing my thing. I'm proud of that. And so I hope uh, everybody can understand what that is. Happy Juneteenth to everybody out there. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.